1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: The LSU Tigers. LSU
1: wins the BCS quarter. Talking about the One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And our him. Mardi Gras about to break. out. Talk here. about my Saints. To the twenty. Guys, touchdown. Who that?
0: This is the Chris Gordy Show. I think our team has handled it very well. Uh, anytime we discipline them, they've been fine. Uh, we discipline them for not going to class, or for being late. Uh, we on time. We're early now. We discipline them for a couple of things. We think we're more disciplined now than we've been in the past, but obviously the penalties are not showing it. It's an area that we need improvement, and I'm sure we're going to do it.
1: Tons of penalties and a blowout loss to Mississippi State. That has been the storyline of the 2017 season so far for the LSU Tigers and uh, welcome in hour number two the Chris Gordy show gets underway and happy to welcome in this guy he's joined us a couple times uh, throughout the uh, last couple months happy to get him on today he's Glenn Gilbo of Gannett News Services Mr. Gilbo good morning to you how are you sir
0: good morning how are
1: you guys you know, I I'd be doing better if one of the two teams could have won over the weekend. You know, LSU gets blown out and then the Saints beat the Patriots, okay, I'm not doing so bad, but goodness, Glenn, just a uh, not a good not a good weekend to be a South Louisianian on uh over the weekend.
0: No. No, I, it, it it doesn't look good. I think um I think LSU probably has a little more hope than than do the Saints, but uh yeah, it was uh, it was a bad weekend.
1: So let's talk about the, the the LSU game. I mean, look, early on, uh, you know, you could just kind of tell hostile environment, loud crowd with all the cowbells. But you know, look, they 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 score that touchdown and it ends up getting taken off the board. You still felt pretty good if you're an LSU fan. It was nothing, nothing after the first quarter but you started to see some signs, right? I mean, Nick Fitzgerald kind of getting uh, breaking out of the pocket and LSU defensively not able to set the edge. And the thing that just baffled me, Glenn, defensively for LSU was why were they playing everybody so far back? I mean, they were playing the DBs down the field as if they were respecting this Mississippi passing game like, like they had some stud receivers out there. And that's kind of what confused me because that's how Nick Fitzgerald was able to either hand things off and you know, their their little running back was able to get six, seven yards it felt like every time he touched the ball. And then Fitzgerald, like, if you look at the box score, his numbers don't aren't eye popping, but he just did every little thing right from, you know, third down passing to rolling out and running. I mean it was just it was very odd to see that from a Dave Aranda defense.
0: Well I thought that Dan Mullen uh who I think's the best coach in the SEC other than Coach Saban I just think he had Aranda going this this way and that way most of the night. I mean, you know when the safeties come, came up, Fitzgerald uh, kind of waited on him and, and threw. That's how he one of his touchdowns. I mean, he he just did a little bit of everything. He, uh, you know, yeah, I mean he he did have a great night. Four touchdowns, two passing, two running, had ninety yards rushing, almost two hundred yards passing. When you combine those numbers. You know, he really dominated, and as he said, they knew right where to go. Uh, So I think this game is a story of uh, of LSU being outcoached on on both sides of the ball. The the coordinators is is what I'm talking about. Um, You know, LSU didn't get dominated on the line of scrimmage. It was the edge, as you mentioned, and and just uh, Mullen getting LSU's defense in in mismatches. Um, And... It was. It was the worst defensive game for Dave Aranda as far as uh, points allowed since 2014 when he was at Wisconsin. And it was the worst game for Matt Canada in points scored since 2014 when he got shut out uh, by Ohio State at North Carolina State. So back to the drawing board for both coordinators.
1: So you you touched on it there, so uh, we'll we'll get into it. Matt Canada, look, a lot of fans were – ecstatic at the hiring, if if not for anything, that it was just something different than Cam Cameron and, and Les Miles and what we've seen the past few years. Um, they said he only ran 10% of the playbook the first couple weeks of the season. I think we saw about 3% of it this past week. What 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 could change now? I mean, look, you got two very winnable games against Syracuse and Troy. I mean, are these the two weeks you maybe open up the playbook a little bit more and and let's see what let's see what bags you know what, what he's got in his bag of tricks I mean they're paying him top dollar to come in here and run this offense and seven points on the road is just unacceptable
0: yeah well I don't think it's so much how much of the playbook he's opened I think fans get into that too much and and get into you know they they went nuts over all this motion you know uh, you know it's more important how you move forward motion than than side to side before the snap but um you know, I, I think uh, the passing game looked very good against Chattanooga as far as, as deep, you know, so that that's a change, you know. But they have changed the offense. It just didn't work against Mississippi State because I think Todd Grantham, defensive coordinator there, I, I coached him. I mean, the the passing game wasn't bad. I mean, you had a touchdown call back on a bad call, uh, this phantom holding on Steven Sullivan. That was one touchdown. And then you had three drops. Uh, on well-thrown balls by Etling, and one of them was probably either a touchdown or close to it. So, so there's two touchdowns right there. But, um, you know, they, they didn't handle the pressure well. This is not a good offense. It's not a great offensive line. It's an average offensive line. I've been saying that all summer. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons dominated, uh, LSU center William Clapp. He's the FCC defensive lineman of the week. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, I agree with you though. I mean, that, that was it was a bad game by Canada. I was expecting a lot more from that, uh, and uh, you know, it's kind of a welcome to the SEC moment for him.
1: You know, you know how the fan base can be, Glenn. I mean, a lot of overreaction. A lot of people, you know, it, it goes down as one L in the column, whether you lost by two or whether you lost by thirty. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, it's just one loss, but a lot of people can overreact. A lot of people calling for Ed Ogeron's head already. But if, for the fan base, how do you get excited for these next two games? I mean, Syracuse and Troy, uh, it's just, uh, there's going to be a lot of folks giving their tickets away, I would think, over these next two weeks. Uh, but I would think against Syracuse, the, the only thing LSU can do out can do to, I guess, excite the fans again would be to just go out and dominate. Like a 55-3 to win, something like that, would maybe get folks back back on your bandwagon, but it, it, it's a little deflating after you know your first SEC loss to have to now play Syracuse and Troy, and it's just not going to get the fans excited.
0: Well, I see it differently. I mean, if you just lost, it's really it's more than one game because they got killed. Okay, they yeah. got dominated on both lines of scrimmage uh, to a team that was picked to finish last in in the West. Um, so as a fan, I would be excited that they're not playing Alabama this week or <laughs> Florida or Georgia, you know, because they'd get probably get beat again. So so it's ex- unlike the Saints, you know, you don't have these little non-conference games when you're in the NFL for the most part. You know, LSU has two weeks to to right the ship now against uh, opponents that they should be able to handle. So that that's one of the advantages of. Uh, of college football, they got a couple of weeks to get their stuff together, and um, if, if getting their stuff together means a, a big win, you know that'll that'll soothe things for a while. Uh, and um, really, the, the SEC is not what it used to be. I mean, I think LSU can play with Florida and Tennessee and Ole Miss. Uh, you know, I think they can bounce back from from that because you know the league is is not that strong. I think there's still plenty of Chances for them to finish in the 8-9 win category, which is where I had them anyway. I mean, I I never had them, uh, you know, going to the playoffs or something like that. I think that people might have been just uh, delusional there, especially with, you know, you you don't have a great offensive line. Um, But they should have definitely played better than they did Saturday. There's no question about it.
1: Yeah, you talk about the other teams in the SEC, and I was one of those uh, mouthing off Saturday afternoon saying, I'm not scared of any of these teams. A&M was losing a ULL at the half. You had Florida and Tennessee in a crap-fest game. Uh, you know, Ole Miss uh, only put up 16 points on the road on the West Coast. Auburn struggling with Mercer. I mean, I started to look around and go, hey, LSU's got a chance here, and then they go out and get bludgeoned by Mississippi State. Uh, do you think maybe, and this is just my thought, Maybe that game says a little bit more about Mississippi State, and they may be really good. And these next two weeks, going to Georgia and to Auburn, if they win both of those, Mississippi State could go on to, could be undefeated going into that Alabama game uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that would certainly make LSU fans uh, feel better. But you know <laughs> they, they could uh, they could get waxed at, at Georgia. I mean, Georgia's a pretty good team. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, I, I think Mississippi State. Could end up being a, a better team. I mean, look, last year, you know, everyone was on the bridge after the loss to Wisconsin, and it and it got less miles fired. But Wisconsin ended up being a pretty good team. Um, Mississippi State could could end up being a pretty good team. I mean, they definitely look more together on offense than Auburn. My goodness, Auburn looks awful. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think because of the uh, the the SEC going down. In recent years, I I think LSU still has a a very good chance of being competitive in the West as far as second or third.
1: The quarterback always gets a lot of attention, Glenn. We're talking with Glenn Gilbo, Gannett News. Um, You know, I know Ed Ogeron talked about it yesterday, said Miles Brennan's going to get some more reps this week in practice. You know, this week of all weeks, or this last game on Saturday, uh, I don't put all the blame on Danny Etling. I mean, the kid had pressure in his face just about every time he got the ball, and then he was putting balls in his hands in the hands of his receivers, and they were dropping him, including one in the face of one of his receivers uh, who yeah. just did couldn't yeah. come around. So, uh, you know, look, for, for the people who are calling for Miles Brennan, hostile environment on the road, you're getting blown out. I don't think that would have done anything for Brennan's confidence. But uh, moving forward, yeah, we'd like to see him at least get a little bit of playing time, a little bit of experience. And he's going to get that, likely, against these uh, next two opponents, Syracuse and Troy, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. But it has nothing to do with, with Etling's performance. Uh, right. I, I mean, I don't think Brennan is going to be a factor this year unless Etling gets hurt. I mean, you know, Russell Gage was the receiver that must have forgot he had a face mask because that's, that's where the <laughs> ball hit him. You know, you can't ask for a quarterback to put it in a better spot than that. He, uh, You know, there was a drop touchdown. There was a touchdown call back etling played played well considering the pressure i mean jeffrey simmons was all over him dominated Clapp. um and uh you know they they didn't get the edge solved so I, I you know he missed some passes but i, I thought he played well but yeah you'll you'll see Brennan get some snaps but but probably only because of the uh of the opponent not not because of how etling's playing
1: Last thing, Glenn. I know uh, some folks are making a big deal out of uh, Darius guys not seeing much of him in the second half. I was fine. I was fine with it. Once it became a two, three touchdown lead, I mean, why put your best player out there in, in a in a game where you're not coming back uh, with the risk of getting injured? You're, Darius guys you're going to need need him a lot more down the stretch of the season than putting him out there in a you know down three touchdowns against Mississippi State.
0: Well, no, he if he'd have been healthy, he'd he have finish the game i'm sure he he has he suffered a minor injury in the second half that's why he was uh held out uh really had nothing to do with the score and he he didn't practice yesterday and he's probably not going to practice this week but he is supposed to play saturday but uh you know i i think um you know i don't i don't think you take guys out because you're you're down i mean guys can be a part of the the passing game there they um you know they just got out of sorts there in the uh in the play call, and I mean, Ed Orgeron even pointed that out. He said, "You know, and this is a very remedial comment." He said, "He said you got to count the box, count the players in the box." So, you know, here's the offensive coordinator with all this motion and stuff, and he's he's running when the box is uh, is full. So, they they need to go back to the to the drawing board on that. And Coach Orgeron also uh, suggested maybe some of the, uh, the jet sweeps more he thought. Um, so, again, I, as I wrote this week, Coach Orgeron made the players take laps because of all the penalties. I think Coach Aranda and Coach Canada need to take some laps.
1: <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, Glenn Gilbo, Gannett News Services. One more for you, Glenn, uh, real quick, because I know you follow the Saints as well. Uh, just present this fact, this idea to you. Doomsday scenario. Let's say the Saints lose at Carolina and then lose to the Dolphins and they're staring down the barrel of 0-4, uh, as they go into their bye week. Um, does the front office make any changes? I mean, do they do they look at it and say, look, we love Sean, we love what he did for us, uh, won us a Super Bowl, but that was almost a decade ago, and he's got to go? Or, you know, on the flip side, does he has he earned the respect to, and the dignity to at least finish out the season, no matter how bad things get this year, uh, Before, if they were to make a change?
0: Well, I think Mr. Benson thinks they won the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. And, and I don't think he realizes it was almost a decade ago. And he's got he's paying Peyton so much money, and he's still got several years on his uh, his contract. That um, I think Peyton's going to get to finish the season. Uh, and the, the the schedule does appear to get lighter as as the season goes on. Uh, so even if he does get zero and four, he could probably f- still finish a decent six and 10 or something like that. And if you look at the history of Tom Benson, he doesn't fire a coach until they have like just a complete collapse. Uh, you know, two or three wins that that's what finally got Hazlitt, what finally got Ditka, even though both should have probably been fired before, particularly Hazlitt. And, um, you know, Mara was headed that way and was going to get fired, but he went and quit it at midseason because he knew what was going to happen. So, I think if Peyton is in that six, seven, even five win range, he's, he's probably going to come back next year. Um, you know, now, and, and, he, you know, he's, he, he's making too much money for him to say, uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and quit. Plus he's got control. Uh, so he's, he's going to go until, uh, until they get rid of him. But, um, you know, I, I don't see any changes at, with the Saints unless they just have an awful three win season and that's possible.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. He is Glenn Gilbo. You can follow him on Twitter at LSU Beat Tweet, and of course check out his check out his stuff in all the Gannett News services out there. And uh, a former Rumble Raider, we always appreciate him jumping on with us. Glenn, thanks for thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. That's a good
0: football team. (laughs) Hey, they're they're they're
1: undefeated. They're undefeated. That's our that's our one saving grace, Glenn. And that's
0: not news. The
1: fact that they're undefeated.
0: Exactly.
1: They do it all the time, man. Yeah. Thanks, Glenn. we're yeah, Ross, great
0: coach.
1: Appreciate the time, man. All right, buddy. All right, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you, uh, talk to you again soon. Glenn Gilbo of Gannett News Services. Let's grab a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, dissect uh, some of the things Glenn had to talk about and get to some uh, NFL news and notes. We've got some uh, college football news. We'll get to all that after this. Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280
0: New Orleans. Step into the world of power, loyalty.